Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Hello. So good. We're doing, yeah, doing things a little different today. We are recording over Zoom. I'm on vacation in Houston, Texas, and Sarah's at home, but she leaves on vacation as soon as I come back. So it might sound a little different today, but everything else should be the same. Absolutely. We didn't want to miss a week. It all feels very important. Yes. We don't want to leave you hanging. You might be looking for a book. And we need to talk about books. And thank goodness we have technology. We can do this. Absolutely. But before before we talk about books, Jamie, do you have a fun fact? I do have a fun fact. I listened to a podcast um, that interviewed... Nikki Brammer called Virtual Book Tour. I actually think it's part of Book of the Month. They talked a lot about Book of the Month. Now, oh. whether it is a part of that or not, or maybe they're affiliated, maybe they're the same. I'm not exactly sure. They visit with Mickey Brammer, the author of our book for this month, The Collected Regrets of Clover. And they it was a really fun interview that they did with her and they talked more. Cause I think last week I mentioned that death cafes. Yes. In it, she mentioned death cafes in the, in the fun fact last week. And I didn't quite know what that was. So in this one, they asked her about death cafes and she said how that came about that she found out about it is she was trying to beat the heat of New York And libraries are air conditioned, which I'm in Houston and we were beating the heat today. Oh, this is a total side story. Houston has tunnels underground downtown. So if you work downtown, a lot of business people, you can go in these tunnels underground. So if it's raining or it's just too hot and it's like a whole little city down there, they have food courts, they have shopping, they have lots of different things and it connects all of downtown. So we took the tunnels today to the library and hung out of the library to beat the heat. It was fantastic. So Mickey commented the same thing to beat the heat. She went to the library and while at the library, she just happened to look over and there was on the message board, a a thing about a death cafe. And she was like, Hmm, what's this? So she attended and a death cafe is kind of just like a pop-up meeting. Um, huh. of people who want to discuss topics of death. And there's typically a moderator and the the types of people or the collection of people that are there are various. There were, she said there are some that come that have had um, diagnoses that they know they're going to die. There's some that come because they fear death or they have anxiety about certain aspects of death or somebody died or they're worried about it, or they don't like to talk about it, or some that like to talk about it. So the moderator will choose a topic or throw out a question, and then people just talk about it. And she said I that she went thinking like this was going to be like doom and gloom, and left with a, when we talk about things that are uncomfortable, it opens a door to making the topic more comfortable and more palatable. So um, a topic that's usually taboo, she said, um, is made a little bit lighter when bringing it up and speaking openly about it. So that is a death cafe. I didn't know about that. Yeah. It's just kind of like almost a support group or a meeting 
but it does sound like that. But not all about like I had a spouse who died or I have a diagnosis. Usually your support groups are more to something like that. But this is just let's just chat about death. All different people, different walks of life, different ideas on the subject, getting together and talking. I'd never heard about that. A little different. So cool. That's fascinating. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know how popular they are everywhere, but it's becoming a more popular thing, it seems like, she said. So cool. Well, that's awesome. Okay. Now, what's on your shelf? Yes. Jamie. A little break first. Now, what's on your shelf? I can't wait to chat about what I've been reading. Jamie, how about you? What's on your shelf? So I have been reading. Well, it's a good thing I read a lot before I came because I've been hanging out with a five and a three-year-old and then a, and then three teenagers, which has been super fun, but I have not read since last, for like a week. So yeah, good thing I had a, a stockpile of reading. I read, I was so excited, Lisa C's new book, Lady Tan Circle of Women. Ooh. Sarah, she does not disappoint. This is um, women in China in the 15th century. And it is inspired by a true story. It's the women of the Tan family. And it is these women are doctors or medicine women, or they take care of the medical needs of their family. And they pass these skills down from generation to generation. So the person who it's mainly about um, was born into this elite family. And she is living with her grandmother. And her grandmother is teaching, who is a female doctor in China. And she teaches her of these things. Now, what I found so interesting is... These ailments, obviously, we would have different names for them now and different treatments as Western medicine would, but their treatments worked. I mean, they were common ailments and and yet they didn't know the scientific reason of why they worked or what the problem was. Their use of herbs and tradition healed. So one of them threw up you know, had this, she just kept throwing up and they were saying like, you've had too much cold in you. Like you need to eat warm things or it's this spirit or this, you know, there's a a belief that is not scientific at all, but the actual treatment of it is without knowing quite scientific, you know, and they have their reasonings for it, but it's nothing like modern medicine or Western medicine. And yet they were healing people and it's, their female doctors are different than uh, like a midwife. They had midwives who did births um, and they would do that. Oh, and then if things didn't go, okay, then they bring the doctor in. But an actual doctor wasn't allowed to see blood, which I think is so crazy. And so because, so the doctor, nor could he see women, that would be, you know, that was unheard of. So the male doctor would stand behind the screen and ask questions. And then based off of how the women answered, he would say what they needed to do. Fascinating. Wow. So fascinating. 
I learned so much and I have such a respect um, for for this era, for the traditions of the Chinese people in healing. And I think there is a lot we are missing now, like the use of nature, the use of let's blend that with our scientific backing and see what we can do. Now, the other thing in this book that was um, disturbing and eye-opening is the binding of feet. And I have heard of this, but I didn't know I now know a little bit more. They start when they're three or four years old. Yeah, and when so they des- it is so sad when they describe it, like the wrapping of them, and then you have to walk on them. And she's walking with her daughter because you have to walk after. If you don't take care of your feet, you could die from it, which is in the story too, because they get infected. They oh, This is so awful. They have to be very, very well cared for. And it's the mom's job to care for her children's feet and to care for her own feet out of respect and out of respect for their husbands, because like if who you, came up with this, I know, I I don't know that, but they even talk about how the big toe, they bend it down and make like a crescent in the arch of the foot, like a cleft. So like the big toe touches back to the heel. Oh my gosh. And she's walking her daughter after, cause they have to make sure to walk and they Ooh. hear the crack. And that's Ew. a good sign when the bones actually break. That means it's working and it's going the right way. Anyway, just super fascinating. I gave it five stars. Wow. I think it's a must read. I Well done again, Lisa C. She just has fabulous novels, well-researched. I highly recommend Lady Tan's Circle of Women. Awesome. Wow. She always writes a great book. I will yeah, achieve that. You will never be disappointed in one of hers. They're just great. For sure. All right. Um, The first one I'm going to talk about today is The Wager, A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder by David Gran. Now, Uh, tell me the title again. The Wager? The Wager, A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder. Um, This is, this book, I think was like a book of the month book. Okay. Um, It came out in April of this year. Okay. Um, So I've seen it. It's got a really cool cover. I don't know if you've seen the cover, but it's pretty fun. Yes. Now this, I thought that this was like a fictional history, like historical fiction. It's not. It is a nonfiction book. This okay. is an actual story of of a of a ship that sank called the Wager um back in the late you know the mid 1700s um and David Grant does a he obviously did a whole lot of research and he does a great job of piecing together the little bits of actual documents that tell the story, right? We have some journals from men who were on the ship or, you know, family who sent members on the ship. Um, Not everyone died, obviously. That's why we have these journals. Now they were shipwrecked. This the ship crashed. Um, it was they were shipwrecked on an island. So nobody really knows what happened during that time because there were two separate groups that made it back to okay. England 
and they both tell very different stories. And so he does a good job. The author does a good job of trying to stay to put it together. Neutral. Yeah, and just telling both sides of the story, and then you kind of get to decide what you think actually happened. And and there's a lot. I will say, like the beginning was super tricky because he's laying the groundwork for the ship before it ever sets sail, and it for me was a little bit. It's not my genre. I think that's okay. really the only thing I can say is I was just a little bit bored because it's not something I'm super interested in. And so I think, but because of how much research he did, if it is something that a topic that you're interested in, you would find it fascinating. I do think that I do think that it was, it's fun to hear like a real life story, like treasure story, like they're looking Mm -hmm. for treasure. They're fighting other ships. There's a war going on in the seas and they're part of that. And then you have to also deal with the weather and mother nature. And that is not something they had a whole lot of control over. And, you know, he talks about the way that they navigated was really not exact. So there was a lot of guesswork going into their navigation. And so that contributed to like who they ran into in the water Um, what storms they came in, you know, across. And so it was really, really interesting. I think this is one that you would, if you loved talking about that era, you would just go down a rabbit hole. I could totally see that happening. It's so it was interesting for me to like take a glimpse, but maybe not one I would go down a rabbit hole. I gave it three stars. The, it was really well done. It just, for me, not my genre. Not your thing. It kind of sounds like along the same lines, not the same idea as Lisa C's book, but research story from the past, just a different genre type of a really well-researched story. What I think I would have loved more, and this is just for me because and my own interests, not because Mm -hmm. this wasn't a well-done story, was if they'd have taken the story of the wager and like created a fictional character that we could have followed like through that journey, I would have, I think I would have loved that. Cause you can create that things that we don't yeah. have facts for when right. you're a fictional character, you can kind right. of, and you have someone gap. you attach to. Right. So I, I can see how that could be so, super fun. Um, but this is mm-hmm. all factual. Everything that you're learning is like documented and he does a good job of like telling the story. It's just, um, there's there are gaps and there's things that are missing yeah. you you know it, right just kind of have to live with reality reality maybe isn't as exciting as like a fictional story right, right. Oh, yeah so, unfortunately unfortunately yeah. so anyway awesome. that's my it's i would love to talk to somebody about it I, and someone who is like genuinely invested in this genre i think would be really cool to hear their take on it yeah how many stars did you give it i gave it three stars all right yeah that's good Good. Okay, for my next one, I read Not So Perfect Strangers by L.S. Stratton. And this came out in March of this year. So a newer one, just recent. And I, this was a good one. It was kind of like, um, it, it compares it to an Alfred Hitchcock. So like a thriller, a domestic thriller type thing. And uh, I really liked it. So these two women, so there's a woman, Tasha, and she is, it starts out at the very beginning. She's escaping uh, um, a marriage that is abusive. 
And she has finally decided she can't live like this anymore. She has a son who's a teen. I want to say he's like 16 and she's packed up while the, the dad's gone. Her husband's gone and has her son with her. Cause she, she's not leaving him there and they take off and they're staying in a hotel and um, some things happen. And for reasons I'll let you discover on your own, she ends up returning to her husband. And she talks a lot about how she's been talking with uh, a women's shelter and abuse counselor. And that, you know, usually it takes seven tries before a woman actually leaves. And so she's super disappointed that she has to go back. She thought for sure this was it and she was out and then kind of remembers that, okay, well, this was my first try and she was right. It might take seven attempts. So she ends up going back and on her way back, um, she is driving, um, she's leaving this hotel they were at and she's driving and there's a woman who is running from a man and kind of beats on her car window and she opens the door and she gets in and she's like, hurry, go, just, can you please take me home? And she, it's, she is running from her husband. And so these, what you think are perfect strangers, both trying to get away from men that are not a good safe place for them to be. They're really not so perfect strangers. They um, want to go about getting out of these relationships in different ways. So she drops this woman off. Like she picks up this stranger. She's like, women help women. This woman was in need. You should have seen the look on her face. You would have picked her up too. So she picks this woman up. They start chatting. She kind of confides in her, you know, I'm in a similar situation trying to get away from um, an abusive partner. She ends up driving her home and dropping her off at this house. And then she goes back home to her husband. And I believe they've exchanged contact information, but she, you know, doesn't expect like whatever life goes on. So here she is with her back home. Her husband's still the same, still abusive. He can, He takes away her cell phone when she gets back because she tried to leave and that's her punishment. So she's, she goes some weeks without any contact with this and, and, and then life goes on and he, you know, she gets some privileges back and it's when we talk about domestic abuse, it's awful. And I can see the, you know, we all know the reasons it's hard to get out of it. You know, her, her son loves his dad and he wants to be with his dad, but he's also, you know, wants his mom to be safe. And, you know, like, why do you do that, mom? You know what he's going to be like. So the son's kind of torn and that's kind of hard to see too. Like he wants to, you know, support both sides and, and have everything be okay on both sides, but he's a teenager. So this lady kind of comes back in and how she wants to solve the situation and how Tasha wants to solve the situation are not the same and things get meddled. And there is a homicide that the DC metropolitan police have to get involved in and who did what and was it okay? Was it not? You're going to have to read to find out. It was fantastic. You like, I really liked it. I gave it three stars. I got through it really quickly. Um, Just a fun thriller. Just yeah. Very I did not see any of it coming. Like it it was good. It kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. So not so perfect strangers by LS Stratton. Cool. 
Awesome. Okay. The next one um, I'm going to talk about is the Moonlight Gardening Club uh, by Rosie Hannigan. This is like classic women's lit, like so easy read, feel good. Um, You follow the story of Ruby, who recently is widowed. She just lost her husband. They've been married like since she was young. And they never had any children. He was a very successful man um, who architect who um, was a little bit controlling. In uh-huh. I, It sounded like very on par for their generation. You know, okay. just like he was the working the patriarch. Man. Yes, he was okay. the working man. She was the stay at home wife who took care of the home. And um, and he they they had their uh home set a, a retirement home that they had purchased that they were going to he was going to retire and they were going to move to and then he decided that he just wasn't ready to retire so he's just like in his 70s and he's just not ever going to quit and she was disappointed yeah. but you know he he was the one who was making the choices it wasn't really up to her and then he had a heart attack and died and Ooh. so she was left with this retirement home. So she decides that she's going to go live in their retirement home in this small town. And um, while she's there, we meet a, you know, a cast of characters that are, that live in this town. And, and one in particular is named Frankie. She's a young single mom whose husband, who's also a widower, but her husband died while she was pregnant with their first child. And so she's been struggling trying to take care of this boy now who's like six years old all by herself and, mm-hmm. and is, is having a rough go of it. And, um, you know, they have this town has is on the beach and it has this garden that they have on and down by the water. And it is a special garden in that everything blooms at night. So everything like kind of comes alive at night. All the plants that they've chosen to plant there are specific for the evening. Um, and it's a community garden. And so they realized people were at work in the day and they could enjoy it in the evening. And so they wanted it to be at its best in the night. And so as a community, everyone comes together to take care of this garden and they become friends and they care about each other and, and they all have their own, uh, struggles, but it's how they all are there for each other. I would say Frankie, who is the young single mom and Ruby, who is the older woman who is a widow are the main characters and they're all, they are supported by this town and it's heartwarming and wonderful there's obviously pain and forgiveness that needs to take place but it is just one of those like feel good reads that you that was a great palate cleanser you know just like oh i'm going to take a break from the heavier things and um read something a little bit lighter and it was perfect i gave it three stars i really enjoyed it i'd i would read another one i don't even know if i've read any others by her but i would definitely Oh, this is her only book. How about that? Wow. Well, come on, Rosie Hannigan. Yeah. Oh, this just came out this year. So this is her first story. Oh. And it just came out in April of this year. I didn't even realize. And I, I thought she did a great job. It has high reviews. Anyway, way to go, Rosie. Cool. Hopefully there's more to come then. I know. That was fun. Awesome. Yeah. 
All and right, it's my called last... Moonlight Gardening Club. Sorry, one more time. Oh, that's okay. The Moonlight Gardening Club. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, my last one today is called Silver Sparrow. This one's by Tayari Jones. It came out in 2011, mm. which Tayari Jones wrote um, a more recent book that I loved, An American Marriage. I thought oh. that was like such a good discussion book for book club. I really, really liked that one. So I I think I saw that somebody else I knew just recently read this one. And I was like, oh, another one by her. I I, I had only read that one of hers. Um, and this one, although I don't necessarily like the cover, I'm like, eh, <laughs> an American marriage cover is a, is beautiful. And this, the title is catching silver sparrow. It, you know, not so catching, mm-hmm. but it was a very good read. She is a beautiful writer. I really liked it. Um, this is a story of, a girl whose father is a bigamist. So they they're in Atlanta, Georgia in the mid eighties. And she's known the whole time that he has another family. He has another, he has a wife and a daughter, but her mom and her are the other family. So he is legally married to not her mom, to this other lady and their legal child is um, they're about the same age. These two sisters that don't know each other are the same age. So she is, she grows up knowing that he comes and spends one night a week at their house. And when he comes, they have dinner together at the table. There's like a whole um, how, how it is, is very, planned out. This is how they like to have dinner together when he's there. And this is what they do. And they talk about his other family, his daughter. And she, she hears about the other girl and she can't help but compare herself and be jealous that she has to be the secret. She can't say that that's her dad. You know, her school records have somebody else listed as her father, um, not him, because it's really not such a big area that they live in. Um, but they've kept it a secret for a long time. Well, eventually she crosses paths with her sister and she knows like, cause there's things that she wants to do like summer camps or she's very academic. She wants to go to this science thing or that thing, but she can't do it because that's the school her sister goes to. They can't go in the same place. So it just can't happen. You know, there's all these things that she can't do because her sister's going to be there. Well, they do cross paths um, and she sees her for the first time and she's heard about her, but she just didn't know. And, um, and eventually they meet and she knows the story, but her sister doesn't. Her sister thinks of her as just a friend. So they have to be really careful. It is so entwined in craziness, you know, like what, how hard and the things that she does with her mom, uh, the things they talk about, about this other family and how they keep everything separate and things they have to do and not do and say, and this dad that just comes back and forth, you know, it, it's crazy. It it mm. gives a little history of her mom and her dad's upbringing with his original wife, like what happened there. So you get some history on all of them and the grandparents 
and then, you know, their lives together, but really separate. I really enjoyed the mass chaos of trying, you know, this is like an affair and trying to keep everything together. Oh my gosh. And, and how it affects everybody in the situation, not just, you know, not just you, but you've got these women, you've got these children, you've got friends, it affects everybody in it. And so I really enjoyed um, just the complicity of it all. It was very, very good. I gave it four stars, Silver Sparrow by Tayari Jones. Wow. Wow. That sounded crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. But also beautiful relationships and the love she had for her dad and how excited she was when he would come over. And it's, it's just really complicated. Lives can be really complicated. And when you're not having two families, let alone two families, that complicates things a little bit more. So. All right. All right. The last one I'm going to talk about tonight is today. Today, tonight, we're all here. Yeah. Whenever you're listening. Yes. <laughs> is um, Dinners with Ruth, a memoir on the power of friendships by Nina Totenberg. Um, I've heard this, of this one, but I haven't yes, read it. It has been on my list for a while. This came out, let's see. Uh, in September of last year, so a year ago. Okay. Um, and I, I think I even had it on hold, and it came available with like ten other things, and so I didn't get to it. Yeah. And I was able to get to it, and I love this book so much. Um, I don't love the title. I think I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Love it. Yeah, she has dinner with Ruth. Um, Nina Totenberg is is friends, good friends with um yeah with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and they're good friends they they became friends long before she was sat on the Supreme Court and okay. Nina is a journalist and she's a reporter she's she has quite a history of reporting in her own story that we get you get to read in her in this memoir of how she became a person who reports on the Supreme Court Mm-hmm. And her as a woman in when she was younger, being a working woman and all that came with that is really fascinating and interesting. And and she talks a lot about Ruth throughout the story, but it's also her interactions with other judges that sit on the Supreme Court, um, people within the government she interacts with because of her job and just the circles that she is in brings her into contact with these people in Washington. And it's so interesting. I, I, I don't know what I am, what I thought before I read this book about the interactions of the members of the Supreme Court or government officials before I read the book, but I don't think I realized like, yeah, they're just people and they have friends and they go to social functions and personal lives and work lives. Right. And they have families and these families um, are affected by their jobs, you know, and, and how Ruth even became a woman sitting on the Supreme court. Like it, it took her, her husband being a 
staunch supporter of her. And I have read things about how much yeah. he supported her and pushed her to follow this. And it's very interesting. And even yeah. over, like, I would say the last six years, you know, the way that our country has shifted and the scrutiny that has come upon our officials and our leaders and, and it was eye opening. There was no, it was just like talked about the difference, right? Like the way they used to be able to live their lives and the way that they live their lives now, it's very mm -hmm. different. And, and they don't have the same amount of freedom that they used to have, you know, she, she used to drive herself to work and no big deal. Now she can't, you know, well, now she is no longer with us, but by the end of her life, she couldn't even drive herself anywhere because of her, uh, notability and right. For her um, safety. Is that why? Yes. For her safety. I'm assuming. Okay. Mm -hmm. And just like the way that the court was run and the, and I think the, the neatest thing for me to hear about was just the friendships um, between the different court judges and mm -hmm. the way that they disagreed or agreed and how to get things done. Like she talks a lot about how, what it took to get things done. And you, if you want to get things done, you can't just sit on your own high horse, right? You have to find middle ground. You have to find um, neutrality, things that you can agree on, ways that you can agree so that you can accomplish things. Otherwise, nothing gets done. You you know, you yeah. you guys or our whole world would You're just, just be, fight. You're just yeah, you would just be at a standstill and and all that it takes. I just have a lot of respect for the Supreme Court and the things that mm -hmm. they do and the decisions that they have to make. And I appreciate the the relationships that they have so that they can so that they can accomplish right. things. Mm -hmm. Um what whatever my feelings are, I just appreciate what they can accomplish. I it was just a really really cool point of view. I think she has a neat she she is friends with a lot of the judges. She invites them over for dinner and the the way that they're able to have dinner but not talk about so she is able to know them as people and then go to work and, and respectfully yeah. report on the rulings. And right. it's super interesting. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah. I loved it so much. I gave it five stars and I just, I don't know if that's just because I'm, I am interested in this stuff. And I, I mean, I, I'm not knowledgeable by any stretch of the imagination, but I do find it very interesting. It does impact my life. I want to know how things are done there. And it was told in a really, in a really good way. I just really enjoyed it. So I would say, go read it. Like I need to go down my TBR good. list a bit and yeah. get, those that get pushed to the bottom. Totally. That there. It would be worth it. And and that's how I got this one is it was available. Like before yeah. there was a huge long wait list when it very first came out. Right. And when I came upon it now, I didn't have anything that I've, I've been, I was waiting for things that are on hold, mm -hmm. but I needed something to read. And this one was available now. That's so there. this is one of those. It was totally worth it. It worked out great. I awesome. know. What did you great. give it? Did I you gave say? it five stars. Yeah. Five stars. Ooh. Yeah. Five stars. So it's called Dinners with stars. Ruth. Say that again. It's called Dinners with Ruth. Even though I think she has dinners with a lot of people. 
It's not just about Ruth. She is like a string throughout the story, but it's about a lot more than just dinners with Ruth. Well, alrighty. I'll pull that one up. Yeah. Awesome. Lots of things. I know. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibia Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is your book club. Maybe let's try that one again. Three, two, one. And this this is your book. I'll start with this. I'm Sarah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And this this is your book club. club. This is a little harder because I think there's a little time to let I think so too. Do you want to cut it from something else? Maybe that's not, or you just say it. Okay. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And this is your book club. See ya. Bye.